you, my friend, are listening to the Happy Hearthstone. This episode is brought to you, as always, by listeners just like you. Thank you so much, Mr. Jones, Wicked Good, Bodicus, Nick Patrick, Nate Dog, Ignatius, Sean Zepp, Beef Squatch, Ridiculous Hat, Forrest Bates, Avantes, Gromick, Clape HS, Samurai Flea, and Electric Mick for making this show possible. You all have been hyper generous giving to this show during a time where I've needed to take a step back. I truly cannot thank you enough for your patronage, support, and friendship. Hello and welcome to episode 202 of the Happy Hearthstone, the longest running Hearthstone podcast in the history of space and time and cards. Let's do this, people. I'm your host, Andrew Brown, and this week, I'm so thankful to be turning on the mic once more. It has been a long time, my friends, and I have a lot to talk to you about, both personal, Hearthstone, business, personal, casual, ranked, I, everything, truly. <laughs> and um, I... I feel like I always want to say something that sort of sums things up at the beginning, but I'm at a lack of words for that because nothing can truly um, capture the past few months. But uh, what I do want to lead out in saying is that whether knowingly you've been waiting for me to get back into it or uh, this comes as a surprise that all of a sudden I haven't been coming out with episodes for a few months here, I am truly, truly thankful that you would... Open up your podcast app, choose this episode, and hit play um, regardless. So thank you so much for being with me. My goodness, we have so much to catch up on. So here's the quick flyby of what to expect from this episode. It is just going to be you and me hanging out. And we've got a lot to catch up on overall. It would it would be pretty foolish to talk news, honestly, because so much news has happened. And we are in a lull right now awaiting the next, next expansion, which should be coming soon, hopefully. Uh, so we're just going to skip news altogether. And instead of talking about news, we're just going to be talking about what's been going on, essentially. And I'll fill you in on all my personal life on uh, Hearthstone, and then we're going to be talking about some of the coolest decks right now that you have never once played or heard of. I've got several of them for you. I've been cooking in my lab, my lair. I, I don't know. It doesn't sound right that the host of the Happy Hearthstone would have a lair or a or an evil lab, right? <laughs> I don't know. But um, jumping ahead, I've been brewing up some stuff, and I'm really excited to talk about it very briefly with you. So, yeah, that that is the whole thing. Um, We will also be talking about world events because, honestly, I I feel like you can't not talk about it. Um, And we'll talk about my feelings behind why on that. But all of this is going to come together in one big, uh, way overdue episode um, that I'm sincerely thankful to be recording for you right now and uh, getting to your ears. So let's go ahead and jump into the personal update, okay? I mean... Because if we're going to talk about why I'm happy, which we should, I'm happy to be back with you. This has been the most insane past few months. I I feel like every year, at some point in the year, someone says that this is the worst year yet. 
uh, you know, 2019, you know, some celebrity dies or something crazy happens. And it's like, man, can we just return this year for a full refund? Uh, but this is truly the year to end all years. I mean, we have not been through something so massive on a worldwide scale that affects the our, our very daily rhythms, right, as, as now. And over the past few months, as I've been navigating that for myself, for my family, uh, it has it has taken on a lot of different forms. To do a quick backpedal, and I, th- I think I may have talked about this uh, some in the review episode, so forgive me if, if I'm regurgitating this, but the quick synopsis is that my work did go remote in late March, uh, right before we... Uh, we did the review episodes. My plan had been to take some time off so that I could work on a big 200th episode. And I was going to do that, but because of COVID-19, because of how my work changed dramatically, uh, very quickly, uh, I was just being pressed to the end of myself, essentially. So I had to just sort of put it off uh, and say, I'll get to that. Ashes of Outland got announced it got uh, it got a release date. It got released, and so Steve and I threw through everything together. We did our review episodes. We did them proud, like we always do, and uh, that was great to be able to jump back in the saddle for that. Um, so since then, I am still working remote today, and the the uh, my work has been through a few different rounds. They actually told us we were going to be back in our offices on July sixth. And then at our monthly meeting that we have at the end of every month, so late June, they kind of dropped a bomb on us at the end of the meeting saying, we are now a primarily remote workforce. I said, cool. I I guess, honestly, I have loved the routine of working at home, though I wouldn't have chosen the circumstances to get us here. I love being able to do that. Um, Many of you know that my wife is a stay-at-home mom with our two kids, who are now four and one. They just had their birthdays in the past month. So we're really excited for that. Uh, they're, I mean, they're just, they're toddlers. They're really fun. I don't know if one constitutes a toddler quite yet. He's still infantish, but although he was, you wouldn't know it from the quickness and speed of his running around the house as many times as possible. Not quite running, but really close. He'll be there soon. So um, so just being able to support my wife and be able to help out during lunch or give her a break so that she can go off and meet with a friend or go for a run or, or a walk or something like that has really been a breath of fresh air. Because if you are not connected or you are not a parent who's staying at home full time right now, the really tough thing for her has been that she doesn't have a lot of the things that she had prior to COVID-19. Stuff like being able to go to the gym and having uh, some people who can watch her there so that she can go for a run or, you know, walk or something like that. Um, that's not an option anymore. Taking the kids to go grocery shopping wasn't an option for a while. Now we're kind of in between where it's not great, but it is, you know, possible. And she, we're still trying to be really careful, really prudent about all of our, uh, all of our choices that we're making. So with that choice comes, uh, comes just the limit of being able to have things to do, right? So I, I'm thankful that I'm able to just offer little bits here and there. I, I can't take them for the day, obviously, but I can uh, I can come watch them, put them down for lunch and uh, or for their naps after lunch, and just 
give her a little bit of time. So I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful that I don't have people running by my desk every hour on the hour asking for different things. I'm just able to focus on my workload and that's been great. So um, yeah, so I'm, I'm a huge fan and I, I, I'm in the digital marketing space. So literally everything I do can be done remotely. It's all internet based, uh, or like cloud uh, stuff. The tools that we use are on our computer. So like, I don't, I don't know. Uh, one of my coworkers does have a filing cabinet that she swears by, but I, I just don't see the point. So, um, so yeah, so my full-time job is still changing. I, and you know, I, I have been extremely lucky, thankful to be in a role at a company where my job isn't really on the line right now. I do not take that for granted because I know for many of my friends, um, this has been a very uncertain time as far as finances are concerned. So extremely thankful for that. Um, and uh, just thankful to have work that I can be doing with them. So we've been doing lots of webinars, lots of emails. I mean, all the digital stuff I was doing before just with a uh, a deeper sense of urgency, I suppose. I'm actually going to go out and film some uh, video from a smartphone tomorrow for some ads too. So that's the kind of stuff I do. Um, if you're really interested in that, we can talk about it, but that's not why you're here. So uh, one of the, the adjacent thing to that, many of you know I have a part-time role with hsreplay.net and that's been amazing. I mean, that was remote before. It's still remote. Um, the team hasn't felt that. Although I will say that there has definitely been more people playing Hearthstone and uh, by proxy using our products. So um, that's been great to be able to continue doing customer support and social media for them. And uh, about a month ago, I was actually approached uh, to see if I wanted to take on some responsibilities with archetype maintenance for the website. So I've gotten to learn all the all the backend stuff for that. It's been pretty cool to be able to contribute to users of the website, honestly, the Hearthstone community as a whole in that small way. I'm behind the curtains doing that. So, uh, <laughs> but that's been really cool to be able to to do that. I love the team that we're working with on there. I believe that we actually did release. Um, no, no, we for sure released Tier Seven, which is our new Battlegrounds website. So, if you haven't checked that out, you definitely should. Uh, if if you're playing Battlegrounds, obviously, uh, you can go check out which comps are working best, which heroes are working best. And um, yeah, it's, it's just a really good system. My favorite feature so far has been being able to track my personal stats. So there's some cool stuff in the game, but on, uh, on tier seven on the hsreplay.net site, uh, you can actually see a graph that shows you over time how you've been doing, if you've been um, bouncing up, bouncing down, going back and forth, which heroes are performing the best for you. You can see your net MMR with different ones. Patches is my boy ever since Pirates at the Battlefield, I'm just going to say. <laughs> and uh, you can actually go get a three-day trial for free if you're interested in that. So go check it out. You just go to hsreplay.net and click on the Battlegrounds banner at the top of the website, and that'll take you to all of that fun data. And we also released Bob's Buddy for, H uh, for Hearthstone Deck Tracker for the PC, which shows you in Battlegrounds your percentage chances of winning, losing, and tying as well as your chances of getting lethal as you're whittling down their health. And that's been really cool. I've been playing a lot more on my PC since I'm at home more. <laughs> and uh, Bob's Buddy is just awesome. It really changes the Battlegrounds game because now it's you know whether you had a chance or not if you're playing with that. And it gives you a better uh, a better vision of seeing are you on the right track or and they just got really lucky with some rolls or do you really need to readjust here? So... 
Yeah, that's been really cool. So, I mean, the fact that I have a full-time job and a part-time job that have uh, not really lost a step because of all this, super thankful for that. The reality is that my full-time job has definitely been more demanding because there's been a lot more to do. Now we're having to mitigate, uh, you know, financial impact of COVID-19 and everything. There's, you know, we're, we're less about making money now and more about losing less money, I guess. So, um, so yeah, I'm going to continue to give my best there and uh, appreciate being able to do what I do essentially. So that's all the work stuff I can think of. And let me talk about my family here. So I, I did, I did say already that uh, our son turned one and our daughter turned four. That's great. They're super fun. Um, my, my daughter is truly imagining things. She is, uh, she's loving all of her movies. She's singing along with Disney songs, all that kind of stuff. And my son just recently picked up walking and it was like a bullet out of a gun. I mean, he just, he was going all over the place very quickly. He's trying to put sounds together. He's not quite there yet, but, uh, lots of fun there. So we thought that we were doing so well with two. Why not, uh, why not increase the fold there? So we are excited that we are pregnant with a third now and, a fourth as well. And that we did not plan for. <laughs> so yes, my wife is pregnant with twins. We are beside ourselves. Honestly, it was always kind of like this far off dream of mine to have twins. So when when I heard the news that it was twins, I was just, I, I was shocked. I was literally on the floor when, when she told me that news. So, um, and it honestly is one of those perfect moments. She had actually told me the night before if, uh, if I would be willing to consider that that maybe be our last uh, pregnancy. And I had always had that idea of having four kids. I, I really liked that, but she, she was, pregnancies haven't been the best experience for her. We've thankfully had very healthy ones, but it's just, it's hard. It's hard growing humans, right? Um, and so she was, she was really feeling like I'd like to be done. I think three pregnancies is enough. So she got her three pregnancies. I got my four kids. We're good. <laughs> doesn't always work out that way, but we are super duper thankful. Um, they are due in December. We are actually going to find out this next week what the genders are. So I'll be sure to share that on Twitter at Andrew's living. And yeah, we're, we're really excited. I, I've heard from my friends who have twins, including one Mr. Steve Lubitz, that there will be several years that I just flat don't remember. But after those, it's going to be a lot of fun. That's like We actually have several friends who have twins. We were surprised to find out. And every single one of them is, have said, you'll have so much fun. You won't remember anything for a while, but you'll have so much fun. So I'm just clinging to that. And uh, yeah, we'll see how that goes. Um, so yeah, super excited for what's coming in the future there. All right. So we talked about the work. We talked about the family. Let's talk about Andrew Brown. Let's talk about me. It's weird looking back and recognizing that it's actually been three months since the last episode. In a lot of ways that actually constitutes for a sabbatical, right? And I think that those are extremely healthy. If you've never heard of those, it's something that's, um, it's more formal, I think, for clergy or ministry people that if they've been working for so many years, they take an extended break um, to rest, to make sure that their work is not their identity, um, and to just sort of reset and maybe see things from a different perspective. And so I, I look back, and just in in this little podcast sphere of my life, I have had a sabbatical. 
But the tough thing is because of everything that's been going on as far as my my work full-time, my work part-time, and what my family has needed, it certainly has not felt like a sabbatical at all. In fact, uh, something that I started doing about a month ago was I decided to start waking up early. Uh, I wanted, to, I, I recognized that like I was just waking up whenever Lane woke up and he, you know, he's just wailing. It's tough, but trying to serve my wife and, and love on her by giving her a little bit more time in the morning. And so I'd go get him and then I'd sort of, I'd, I'd be a little bit disheveled because uh, I, I didn't get any me time, you know, like I, I didn't, I, I, I need to use my mornings in a different way. I'd, or at least I'd like to, I'd like to get a jump start on some of my part-time work with they just replay. I'd like to read a book. Maybe I'd like to take some time for silence, prayer, those kinds of things. Um, but I wasn't doing that. So what I decided to do about a month ago was just get up early. Uh, Lane wakes up around 6.30 most days. And so what I said is I'm just going to train myself to wake up at 5.30 a.m. every day. And it took a couple weeks to get into it, but I finally got into a rhythm where it is much more automatic than it's ever been. And I will attribute a lot of it to a book I read about a year ago called The Miracle Morning. If you're interested in this, if this, like, and trust me, if you were to ask me five years ago if I were a morning person, even today I would tell you really, I'm not, I'm not much of a morning person. Uh, but this book really started shifting my mindset and helping me to see the opportunity there is of waking up early, getting a jump start, and really helped me to get things in perspective. So when I first tried it, it was helpful for a time, um, but it, it kind of fell off after a couple of weeks. And I remember the book saying that it really, the second to third and even possibly fourth weeks are the most difficult. But once you get past that, it starts becoming just a rhythm in your life. And for me, it really has been. So I'm still dialing in exactly how I spend that time because I haven't figured that part out. But I honestly, the hardest part for me is usually just to get started. So now I've got that in place. I'm going to keep figuring it out. Um, so why was I saying that? Uh, basically, like... I've been trying to really take care of myself through this time, even though it's been very difficult. And looking back, it's hard for me because I don't know that I would have been able to come out with episodes for this show at all if I hadn't uh, already said that I was going to take some time, but certainly not to the quality that I really want these episodes to be for your sake, for mine. Um, and so... I look back and I, I think it was really necessary, honestly, for this time to happen. And uh, it's kind of necessary right now for at least for some time for that to continue going. So it's a bummer. I haven't been able to make the progress that I had hoped for episode 200. Um, you know, I, I think I had said last that July was really a solid release day for me. And I, I have started on it, but I'm not very far yet. So it's really not close to where I want it to be. So I, I say this for transparency's sake. I honestly, if you're listening right now, even more so than if you were listening in the first 30 seconds, <laughs> I would say that you're, you're really interested in this show. You really want to hear uh, what I'm coming out with. And I can't tell you how much that means to me. And I don't take that for granted. So I feel like one of the things I can offer to you is my best sense of transparency, honesty for just where I'm at and stuff. So as much as I'd love to just jump back in, as much as I'd love to power through and say, I'll just get this 200th episode done in a week, it's just not reasonable right now. And the realities of life, of the things that were unforeseen with COVID-19 uh, and work and everything, 
uh, have just made it to a point that it's like, yeah, um, I've still got a lot of work to do right now. So my plan is that probably the next set of reviews are going to need to happen before episode 200 is ready. And uh, Steve has not told me he's out, and I, I have no reason to believe that yet. So, so we should be good to go for the next set, and we'll continue to work and uh, do the stuff necessary to make those happen. Uh, because if those don't release on time, then there's really just it's it'd, it'd be weird if we were reviewing Journey to Angora right now, right? I mean, I, I guess that's a fun idea for like a wild podcast, maybe, but <laughs> but not for uh, not for us who live in standard primarily. So. So we'll we'll continue to do those. We'll get them out around the release like we always do. And uh, and I'll continue trucking ahead. I don't exactly know what it's going to be like uh, moving forward yet. I do know that I'm incredibly thankful for those of you who continue to support the show on Patreon. Um, it's created just a little bit of margin for me to be able uh, to do some fun stuff. Like I, I, I was able to get my hands on some really cool merchandise from blizzard for uh for the pirates battlegrounds uh thing i was able to give those away and ship them out to the people uh who won them um side note but mega thank you to the blizzard team for sending those and um and so patreon was able to help us you know get those get those out and stuff and uh, help us prepare for babies for sure so those of you who have continued to support i mean honestly it's gotten to a point that's beyond humbling so thank you and I'm I'm honestly in the point of trying to figure out, hey, would it be best to actually move that instead of a monthly uh, thing to a per episode thing? Because I know at least for the time coming, things are going to have to look different. I don't know what the far off future looks like for this show. Uh, I I am not ready to hang up the hat quite yet um, because I honestly like you can't not think about that right. And every time I've thought about it, it just doesn't feel like the right time yet and like something that I, I, I don't want to stop doing right now. So then the question becomes, okay, well, what does ne- doesn't need to look like? Um, because weekly episodes for now, probably still not realistic. And especially as I'm trying to work on this special episode, um, not realistic. Now, what I might want to do is actually push out the special episode. Maybe it's a two episode 225 celebration or something like that. I can do some other stuff in between because the reality is the time between now and when the twins are coming is, uh, I, I'm never going to be, have more time than I do right now. Right. So, um, so yeah, uh, that, that was kind of a jumbled mess of processing, so I apologize if it's too unrefined for you. But like I said, you're listening to this now. You're part of the family, and um, I consider you that. So I uh, want to let you know transparent, transparently what I'm thinking and all of that. Um, and I'll do my best to be proactive to let you know, especially on Patreon if you're supporting on there. Um, if I do make any changes like that, I will give you a heads up before I do that. No need to think that I'll do something behind closed doors or anything like that. So uh, if anything, I'm trying to be forthwith with you, I suppose. So yeah, those are all the things for the show, for me. Um, so let's take some time before we jump into these really fun decks and let's talk about what's going on in our world right now. Okay. I don't want to spend a massive amount of time talking about this, but I would be doing myself, um, I just wouldn't feel good if I completely bypassed everything that's been going down over the past several months um, with the death of George Floyd, 
uh, with the brave women who have stepped up uh, who have been sexually harassed in esports and gaming communities. And then with the uh, with the suicide of uh, content creator Wreckful, who was big on the World of Warcraft scene and um, and Hearthstone scene even as well. This is so much. I mean, with COVID-19 alone, with people losing jobs, with people uh, just not being able to be around people, there was enough going on to make us stir crazy and and upset. Honestly, even... Even remove COVID-19 and all of this madness, we're in an election year if you're in America, which I don't know about you, but election years are just hard for me um, because it, I, I feel like it brings out the worst in a lot of people. It also brings out some good passion in a lot of people. We've reached a point where it feels like uh, no matter who you are, and I know this is generality, okay? I hope it's not said of me, but it's true of a lot of us that there is one political figure that is the Lord and Savior, and if they are elected into a specific office, then the world will be saved. If they are not elected into a certain office, the world is doomed, right? I will never forget the South Park episode for when Obama was elected into office, and uh, they, I, I just feel like it was the smartest political commentary about America as the Obama uh, supporters were drunk in the streets and the McCain supporters had actually like purchased caves to shut themselves into because they were convinced nukes were coming down the very next day. And I feel like, you know, you could, you can, like, that's just how both parties work, it feels like. So we're heading into that. We haven't even gotten into the biggest of that, honestly. Um, but I feel like there are act- so there are some specific things that I do want to say about each of these movements, and there are some general things that actually I think all three of them tied together. That's you know George Floyd, uh, the um, or excuse me, racism in America, discrimination against women, and sexual harassment, and also suicide as well. There there actually is quite a bit that connects them, and there's some unique things I want to say in there. What I do want to say before I get into that is that no matter where you land, I want to I want you to know as best as I can, and I hope you trust me with this. I do respect where you're at, and I'm happy to have a conversation about any of this in more detail. It's very difficult to give a stance or a statement and for it to be completely pretty and tied up with a bow. And in fact, that very reason is what has kept me from saying things in the past in a lot of ways as I've done a lot of reflecting, uh, because I feel like my views are more complex than a lot of people um, would want them to be, but that's just the reality. And I've really felt a weight over this time period that I have more of a responsibility to share those thoughts than to hide them. And it's worth it to me to have the conversation uh, than to just sort of hope that everything works out, which, if I'm honest, has been my default stance in the past. So I, I, I would ask you as you're listening to me to have some grace because I'm recording all this in one take. I'm not going to I'm not going to spend, you know, two hours trying to get it exactly right. I just I just want to process with you what I've been thinking. If there's anything that hits you wrong, um, give me the benefit of the doubt. If if you think maybe I misspoke, maybe I did feel free to ask me directly. And then if I say something that really irks you, uh, we can either talk about it or you can let it go, honestly. Um, and I'm, I'm more than happy either way, but I, I feel like we get so bent out of shape about other people. 
I'll I'll talk about that a, a little bit later. <laughs> just um, just don't be looking for exact words from me. Allow me to be a unique human being as much as I would allow you the same if we were uh, sitting together and talking this through. Okay, so. I, I'm going to sort of time myself here. I don't want to spend five mi- more than five minutes overall, so hopefully that's enough. We're not going to spend the next 30 minutes here, okay? So let's talk about George Floyd and Black Lives Matter. Um, I don't think it is crazy or that I need to go too in-depth to say that diversity is a very valuable thing uh, in in every explanation of the term, right? Uh, in civil discourse, in friendships, in um, figuring out how to make our world function, different points of view are very helpful. Different heritages are, are helpful. And, you know, America was founded under the principle that all men are created equal and endowed by their creator, all that stuff. I just think it's a very basic thing to look at the people of the world and to say that there is not more or less value on any single person based off of their gender based off of their race, based off of their education, based off of how much money they have. All of those things will dictate many things about their lives, but I don't think it says anything about the value of a person. And to me, that's where you kind of have to start. If we can't have a conversation that starts with the foundation that every human life is valuable and is valuable in a, in the same way, uh, then if, if we can't have that conversation, racism makes sense to me why it still exists and why still pe- people treat each other not just poorly, but to the point of actually killing someone and removing their life from them, um, which is the most stiff sentence you could ever give someone, uh, especially in the case of George Floyd, where this man did not deserve anything done to him poor, and yet he was murdered. The, the country was outraged, and rightfully so. The world was outraged, and rightfully so. And we've reached a point where all of this um, has, ha- has ended up in some complex places. But I want to be very clear about what we should all be agreeing on, which is that racism still exists in our country, in our world, and it should never exist. There should not be an ounce of it in our personalities, in the way we talk with each other, in the economic uh, structure of who we are. And yet, there are a lot of complex things that actually create those. Now, what happened to George Floyd is not complex. Uh, He was treated differently and beyond poorly uh, for the color of his skin. And honestly, like since that time, it's really just been this disgusting bubbling up for me that really has amounted to a place of saying, when is it going to be enough? Because this has happened before in my lifetime. And I don't know. I I, I think I did say earlier that I just sort of got stymied to a point of saying, well, this, this is probably just some kooky racist guy. And those people are always going to be out there and, you know, whatever. It doesn't happen regularly. And I've turned a blind eye, and I'm I'm disgusted by myself in that, honestly. Because as long as one person that happens to, uh, as long as that happens to one person, um, we're not living in the world that we should be living in. So um, that's why I stood with um, with new friends uh, in Colorado Springs um, at our town hall, um, saying Black Lives Matter, because truly all lives will not matter until Black Lives Matter, um, and so. 
I want to encourage you, no matter where you've landed, uh, what you can or can't say with good conscience, um, that racism doesn't need to be a part of our world anymore. And we all need to own our influence to be able to do the things that it takes for equal treatment of all people. Um, And I think racism is a really good place to start on that because it's been a systemic thing for a very long time and it needs to stop. And it's going to take a long time for us to, some of the studying I've done around uh, economic stuff and and all of that, housing, neighborhoods, schools, it's going to take time. But it's got to start with us saying we need we need diversity, we need friendship, we need love, and we need to work on that. Okay, my five minutes is almost up, and I was hoping to get all this into one. So there we go. Um, for for women's uh, women's discrimination, sexual harassment, there were a lot of things in the course of the past couple of weeks uh, of women coming forward. Um, telling their stories of being harassed uh, in game companies, at gaming conventions, uh, by content creators, by uh, like just everyone, honestly. And I wish I could attribute this to the right person. I want to say it was Robert A. Wing on Twitter, but I I don't know for sure. Um, Their tweet still haunts me. And it said that if you are a man, there is a good chance that you've made a woman feel uncomfortable in your lifetime. And that's really stuck with me because I think it's a really good sobering um, place. I, I I should have said this with with uh, the racism conversation too. I'm a white male, uh, and so I have all of the privilege um, that unfortunately a lot of people don't have. Um, when it comes to all of these issues, they're shaking me because they're things that I can't relate to. Um, when I've gotten pulled over by a cop, I have actually uh, once, twice, a couple times. Um, I was not scared for my life. I was just scared that I was going to be paying a ticket. Um, and so when I hear, when I've heard these stories of women being sexually harassed, I'm not, I, I don't read those thinking, oh, I get this because I just don't. And it's frightening to me how these stories really reflect a state of mind that a lot of women probably necessarily need to have, especially if you've been through it or been, um, been fear-mongered into it. Um, because the truth in the statistics is that men do these things to women. Um, I think I remember reading a statistic once that said that by the age of 18, um, it was either one in two or one in three women have been sexually harassed by the age of 18. And I think it was one in six guys also uh, had been sexually harassed by the age of 18. So the truth is that like, I, I, if those numbers are above zero, I'm upset. But reading all of these stories where it's 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 plain that men have taken positions of power and used them to their own personal benefit and shattered the mental and emotional well-being of women. Um, it's just devastating and it has to stop. The story, or the, the statement, um, and I share that to all of the guys that are listening to this too, that you have probably made a woman feel uncomfortable at some point in your life. You don't need to be guilty and filled with shame because of that reality. It's a sobering reality to take into consideration and to filter what you say and do through that, especially with your coworkers, especially with people that you interact with on the streets or in 
uh, restaurants or around. I mean, because of COVID nineteen, we're not doing that as much. But um, but just keeping it in mind, because for the lay person who is not interested in harassing someone, um, it it can seem similarly like okay, that's some weird guy that's just doing that, and I guess it'll happen. But whatever. We have to own these things and say the it's it's enough. It's enough. It's enough. It's enough. We all need to do our part to create welcoming environments for people, no matter what their gender identity are, to be a part of things, okay? And to not have to wonder and have this cloud or air of, am I going to get harassed because of that? Uh, whether it's verbally, physically, whatever. And so I hope that this show is a place for that. I know there are great pockets of communities within the Hearthstone uh, world that do that well as, as well. And um, yeah, so this... Again, this isn't condemning everyone. It's just we've got to do better, and we've all got to commit um, to really seeking it out. Um, Last but not least, Wreckful um, taking his own life. Um, It really hit me when I read that this guy was 31. Um, I turned 33 this year, so I'm I'm barely older than him. Um, Yeah, look, anxiety and depression suck. They really, really suck. And I know that a lot of us who identify as gamers, who love gaming, a lot of times it can be an escape for us. And that's a good thing. It can be a healthy thing to have an escape, right? If you use gaming, if you use Hearthstone, if you use even this podcast as an escape so that you don't deal with your issues, your issues will still be there. There is no shame in seeing a counselor. There is no shame in admitting to a friend that you've had suicidal thoughts. There is no shame in getting the help you need to get healthy. And going back to the initial statement in the racism conversation, every human has value. I truly, truly believe that. You are listening to my words right now. You have value. That is not um, uh, that does not uh, hang on what you have done or what you have not done in your life. I am telling you, no matter who you are, you are valuable. And this world is better because you're in it. And this world needs you in it, being the best version of yourself there is. And that's the simplest thing I can say. It's a tragedy that this guy took his life. I read story after story of how much he brought joy to people who really knew him deeply. I know as a content creator, he created a lot of joy for people just through that as well. And so for him to to decide that life was not worth living anymore is just, it's a tragedy. Like that's the only word that I have. And I, I my heart goes out to his friends, to his family. Um, I didn't know this guy, um, but... Um, I know that he was loved and that he loved others well. And so I just want to tell you, if this is something that you've ever thought about, um, if this is something that has plagued you, don't play games with this. Um, because one, one bad decision and it's over. And this world is tragically different. This world will have an emptiness um, because you're not in it. And that's, it's just not worth it. Please do not go there. Please reach out to me. Please reach out to a friend, family member. If you've never heard of NAMI, I want to shout them out, the National Alliance on Mental Illness. Um, this is really helpful if you are struggling with, uh, you know, diagnosed or you think you might uh, be diagnosed with anxiety, depression. Um, really good organization that has helpful support groups and can get you the help that you need, um, even if you're not in a place to um, to pay for those things. So please check it out. Um, you can just search for NAMI. 
Um, again, that's the National um, it's the National Alliance on Mental Illness. So um, please check that out if you need the help. So, all right, I, I've gone way over the time I thought I was going to take, so that's on me. I apologize. Thank you for hanging in there. I want to mention a few things real quick that sort of tie all these together and I think are ways that each of us can be helpful in all of these kinds of conversations and honestly just be better people as well. Uh, one thing I want to encourage you to do is pay attention to your biases. The truth is that we are all biased in everything, essentially, in our lives. Sometimes our biases are, are correct, and sometimes they are incorrect. But regardless, our biases will change how we view things, and especially how we view or listen to people who think differently than us. As, as I said earlier, diversity is really important. People who have different thoughts and opinions are really important and if you truly listen to what they have to say, if you really try to get in their shoes and see things from their perspective, it will help you either recognize something that you were missing that actually is accurate that you need to hold on to, or it will help you further refine your viewpoints and help you understand why you believe or what you believe even better. Um, I also, in that... One, if, there, if there was nothing else you remembered that came out of my mouth, I would ask you, please, 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 please purge confirmation bias as much as you can out of your system. And any of us who are on social media, this is something we all struggle with from time to time, is that we seek out messages that are in line with what we want to believe. And we will badmouth people who do not say what we want to believe, and we will affirm people who say what we do want to believe. That is not a pursuit of truth. That is a pursuit of bias. And that doesn't create anything good. I, again, maybe you're right, and so there's something okay there, but if you're wrong about any part of it, it's not helping you be a better person. It's adding to the noise. It's not creating conversation. And you, what you are seeing and perceiving may actually be off from what's best. So please, 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 confirmation bias is a real thing. It's, it's a hard struggle for anyone on social media. Um, and honestly, in any conversation that matters. So purge yourself, listen to people, try to take in what they have to say, try to see things from their perspective and listen to people, especially who you disagree with as well. Another thing I want to say is pay attention to what stops you from getting involved. Um, one of the things I've heard from a lot of my friends that have called me too liberal uh, on the Black Lives Matter uh, issue I said this on Twitter, I'm too conservative for my liberal friends and I'm too liberal for my conservative <laughs> friends. Um, but one of the things that's really concerned them is that uh, is that they really don't agree with what the Black Lives Matter organization uh, believes in. And if you didn't know, there is an organization called Black Lives Matter and they're sort of the spearhead of that whole movement. And they do have perspectives and uh, on issues that go beyond racism. Um, and some of them, I'll be honest, um, I, I don't fully agree with. But the reason I chose to take action, the reason I chose to go in the streets and say Black Lives Matter and stand with people uh, to say that the, the tyranny of racism has to stop is that I would rather be proactive about things that need to change. And I would always rather err on the side of the people who are being persecuted, honestly. Um, and so if, if you're struggling with that, with any of these things, with Black Lives Matter, with uh, with Me Too, with uh, with suicide, um, I, I would really encourage you, the people who are being discriminated need the majority to stand with them in, in order to see good things that we all want to see. 
Um, if you cannot put the words Black Lives Matter on your lips, that is okay with me. But what I would urge you to understand is that racism will not be purged from our nation or our, or our world by our inaction. It only has a chance of being quenched um, by us standing up and saying this does not have a place in the world that we live in anymore. And the, and the very last thing I want to say, oh man, I went way over five minutes. I should have seen that coming. Is that no person is too small. Um, I'll, I'll be honest, like in, in regards to like this podcast, I don't have a reach of 5 million people. Like whatever, whatever Kriparian's doing on, on, uh, Twitch, it, ma- it makes this show look like, uh, like peas and carrots, right? But I still take it very seriously that there are people listening to this show and I, I want to share my thoughts with you. I think that there's value in what I'm having to say here. And I think that these things, if more people would do them, would really lead to a better world. The same is true for you. And whether you have a podcast, whether you are a content creator, a content consumer, like whatever, you, if you have a job, if you have family, if you have friends, if you have a neighborhood, then you have people around you uh, that you need to have conversations with. And sometimes it might be awkward. Sometimes it might be hard. I, we, went to, uh, we went to my parents' house for July 4th, and I had some uncomfortable conversations with my dad, honestly, on, on these topics. But it's worth it to sit with him. I love my dad. I really, really do. Um, to have these conversations and try to sharpen each other and get better. Um, because I know that my dad and I want the same thing, which is a world that's peaceful, that's loving, that does um, bring the sanctity of life to the forefront and shows value in every person. Um, so yeah, just want to encourage you, no matter what your influence is, use it, use it, use it, use it. Um, and do it from a place of humility and love. I hope that in everything I've said, you've sensed humility and love. Um, there's urgency and passion for things to change as well, but um, truly all of this is um, is because I love you guys. And I honestly, I want our Hearthstone world to be a place that is safe, a place that is fun, a place where people can just be themselves and uh, find themselves in a community. So I'm um, thankful that you're here and I hope that that is true. And like I said at the top of all this, if you want to talk more about any part of this, please reach out to me. I'm happy to, uh, to talk more. Twitter at Andrew's Living or you can email me at at gmail.com. Okay, I went way too long. I'm sorry, but it's also, I'm also not sorry because this has been building up in me and I have to say something. Um, so that is that. Okay, we've talked all about that. Let's talk about Hearthstone. Are you all ready for this? Um, I should update you because I've had a lot going on in Hearthstone over the past few months. So right after Ashes of Outlane released, we had a brand new class. We had Demon Hunter, right? Uh, you guys have heard of Demon Hunter, right? I'm just kidding. Uh, Demon Hunter has completely changed the face of Hearthstone because it is the deck. It is, um, yeah, I'm, I'm very interested to see how balance changes come in the future because we have had three rounds now so far with Demon Hunter, and I think there's probably more to come. Um, but from the get-go, I noticed, I, well, I knew for sure people were going to be playing it, right? Because everyone was really excited. So what I decided to do is is poo-poo on their fun and play some Galakron Warlock back when Sacrificial Pact just killed a demon and healed you for five. So I got, I got Legend before any of the hits to Demon Hunter were there. I loved killing 10 sixes with a zero mana spell and healing for five at the same time. I hit Legend with that. 
Um, the next month, uh, May, I hit Legend with Enrage Warrior. Uh, it was a list from Meaty that uh, that Steve uh, uh, pointed out to me, and I said I should just stop playing games and start doing this, and I won. And then in June, I hit it with Bomb Warrior. So I've hit Legend every month since um, since this new ladder, since Ashes of Outlands release. The ladder has changed significantly. My goodness. And I would not say that, well, no, excuse me. Wow, let me completely retract that. I would say that it is easier to a point, um, but I would say that the more full truth is that it is easier to get to where your normal is. So from what I've heard, if you get the 11 times multiplier, you can basically zoom to legend and then you're up in the top legend and you can go crazy up there. Uh, from getting legend, I've been able to get the 10x multiplier, and that gets me to platinum pretty quickly and into diamond relatively quickly as well. The diamond five to legend grind is still pretty real. It's a little bit easier because you got three stars instead of five, which God save the queen is amazing. Um, but uh, but yeah, so I, I've been really thankful for the changes in ladder, and honestly, I have taken to uh, basically getting legend. And uh, letting that climb really be something that's helpful for me as I'm uh, as I'm helping with the archetypes and stuff on HSReplay.net um, because I'm keeping my eye out. I'm watching streamers doing all that, but it's nice to have that personal experience of here's kind of what I saw and what I you know what felt good so that I can check data, make sure that it's um, that we're interpreting it accurate, accurately and stuff like that. So uh, yeah, but once I hit legend. It's time to meme, and I let my memes be dreams all the way down to legend 10,000 ranks. <laughs> um, and so I've been brewing up some crazy stuff, and I'm really excited to share some of these with you. I have to give the most massive shout out in the world. Like, I don't have a shout out big enough for Ragin Alpha Walrus on Twitter. Uh, he's my friend. You probably heard him, uh, heard us call him Sean Smoker. Um, Steve and I both talk with him pretty often. Uh, he is Ragin Alpha Walrus without the U on Twitter. And you should go follow him because he's been a purveyor of dragon decks long before Descent of Dragons. He loves his dragons and he loves quirky, weird decks. And I got an idea. Um, I think it was after I did the, um, yeah, it was. I did the solo challenges from the um, the Ashes of Outland uh, event or the Fire Festival of uh, Music and Vengeance uh, that we just recently had. I got my Golden Kael'thas and I started thinking, you know what, Kael'thas hasn't really seen play. I wonder if there's some wonky, weird, off-meta deck that I could make with Kael'thas in a class that hasn't really played him. And I don't know why, it's probably because my only remaining golden hero now is Rogue. And I'm less than 100 wins to get there. And so I thought, okay, Rogue, could I do a Kael'thas Rogue? I started thinking, what are the big spells that would be like the payoff for that? Well, you got Sprint. And that's kind of it. <laughs> You've got Candle Breath, which is a six mana spell that draws you three cards. But if you're holding a dragon, it costs three less. So that's nice. And then I started thinking, well, how could I take advantage of that? And then I remembered Waxadred. And I thought, what if I made a deck that just drew a lot of Waxadreds? We could shuffle a ton of them in with Togwaggle Scheme, get Kael'thas on the board, just draw a ton of cards, get a ton of Waxadreds. This led to what I titled Bad Idea Rogue. 
That was the name of the deck for me. <laughs> and I'll give you a quick rundown of what this deck entailed. It was two backstabs, two preparation, two shadow step, two togwaggle scheme, two fairy dragons, a comma, Edwin Van Cleef, two evil miscreants, two evasive fey wings, frizz kindle roost, two cobalt spellkins, two necrium apothecaries, a wax of dread, two candle breaths, flick sky shiv, an unidentified contract, Kaelfoss sunstrider, Two Sprints, and Ysera. That's a spicy deck, right? <laughs> so I started with the cards that are just too good to not have. So stuff like Flick, Evil Miscreants, Edwin, you just kind of have to put those in, right? Uh, for the Kael'thas package, we had Sprints and Candle Breaths in there. And then, you know, Rogue is the, uh, is the class that has the best zero-cost spells. So I thought, well, that's perfect fodder for Kael'thas too. So the Preps and Shadow Steps make sense there. And then the dragon packages sort of like weave their way in there. So Waxadred makes sense. Well, well, you have to have Waxadred, right? Um, the fairy dragons and evasive fey wings are just good. And they sort of create this early game package that made sense to me. And uh, what was the other one? Well, Ysera is just great for late game. My other thought with Cobalt Spellkin is that I'd have some cheap spells that in case I've used my zero cost spells can be used for Kael'thas as well. Um, so I tried this deck out. It did not go well, like at all, but my buddy Sean and I worked on it hard and we tried to figure it out hard. And I went on a 20% win rate. <laughs> uh, what do you call that? Avalanche? I suppose I lost a lot of games and the games I won, I probably shouldn't have won, honestly. So um, I did also try Necrium Apothecaries because my thought was, okay, well, maybe those will pull the um, the Wax of Dreads and that'll be good. Stowaway was another one that people had recommended, so maybe I could try that. Um, and Sean had the idea to actually put a quest package in here. So uh, the quest of Bizarre Burglary and getting that 3-2 with uh, Moon when you attacked was an idea. So we played that with Clever Disguises, Underbelly Fence, um, Brightwing, I, I actually added that one. I was proud of that because Brightwing's a dragon and it adds a, a card from a different class, maybe. Can you tell why this deck wasn't working? <laughs> so that deck was a lot of fun. Um, and I'll be honest, it was probably the worst idea I've had in a very long time. I, I should have said from the beginning, when I had this idea, I actually thought back to the episode I did with uh, with Dexter a while back. If you haven't listened to that, please go back and listen to it. It was so much fun. And uh, he and I kind of became friends uh, from doing that episode together. And I've never been a great deck constructor. And he, I, I really wanted to have the conversation with him because I knew it was valuable to try things, um, to do different stuff and to have fun doing it. And this was really my first big pursuit of creating something truly off. I guess actually my bombing deck that I uh, that I had back in the day was my first one. This is definitely my my newest one or my uh, my my new kindling, I suppose. So that didn't go so well, but I kept thinking about it. I was like, you know what? I really don't want to give up quite yet. Um, and so as this month hit, I started thinking about it and was like, I wonder if I could do something else. And I was just, I was looking through my collection, which is one of the best ways to get, um, to get, uh, uh, inspiration, just browsing through and finding cards that you forgot about. And I found this card, Chromatic Egg, five mana, zero three, 
minion, Battlecry, secretly discover a dragon to hatch into, death rattle, hatch. It's like, man, that's a really cool card, you know? It's a shame that that never became anything, because for five mana, if you can figure out a way to pop that egg, um, you could get like an 8-8 dragon, you could get Ysera, you could get, um, you get some big stuff. You get Evasive Worm, that'd be cool. And so I started, I started noodling on that and thought, well, could Druid do something with that? Egg Druid used to be a thing. Could it be a thing once more? And so I present to you what I was calling Ramp Token, which isn't fun, um, but uh, you can call it Egg Druid if you want. So we've got two Crystal Powers, two Breaths of Dream, Breaths of Dreams, Breath of Dreams, two Powers of the Wild. I shouldn't do that. It's two Power of the Wilds. Two Rising Winds, two Serpent Eggs, Archspore Meshiffin, two copies of Bees, two Savage Roars, two Overgrowths, one Soul of the Forest, two Chromatic Eggs, two Skyfins, two Emerald Explorers, two Evasive Worms, two Marsh Hydras, Alexstrasza, Anixia, and Ysera Unleashed. Oh, man. So there's a lot of stuff I love about this deck. <laughs> and this one wasn't too bad. So what I decided to do with this deck is try running it on day one. Actually, this really was my favorite interaction with Sean because we had been working so hard on that on that rogue deck. And on day one, I, July 1st, 8.13 a.m., I, uh, I, I messaged Sean and I messaged him this idea. And I say, this is a bad idea too, right? And his exact worded response here was, unfortunately, this is actually very Excellent. Very is all capitals. <laughs> so I was um, I was shocked and excited because I knew we were on again. So the idea here was to to do something different from the typical dragon druid. I wanted to go more token based. Um, the chromatic egg can hatch into a dragon, I suppose, but really I wanted to go more wide. I love my treant druid. It's not great right now, but hopefully I thought I could find a way to sort of bring back the heart of that, uh, even if it's uh, through a bigger dragon package. So well, you got the Breath of Dreams and the Overgrowth because you kind of have to, honestly, right now. And Breath of Dreams is really good if you got a dragon in hand. Um, I probably don't need to convince you that Ysera Unleash is insane. Um, it is It is a win condition all on its own, and it is a win condition in this deck as well. Uh, you got the Emerald Explorers, which are great, but some of the weird off-meta stuff I did here. So Skyfin is in here. If you don't remember that, it's a 5-mana 3-3 Murloc. Battlecry, if you're holding a dragon, summon two random Murlocs. A 3-3 that summons two tribal minions uh, for 5, really, really strong. And because we've got so many other dragons in this deck, it actually makes a lot of sense. Uh, you can combo it with Soul of the Forest if you need to. Um, sometimes you get a Bluegill Warrior off that that can charge into something. Um, one time I got the, I can't remember, the 4-4 uh, Legendary Murloc from Shaman. And so my second Skyfin from hand was one mana. That was nice. <laughs> There's a lot of funky stuff that you can do like that. Um, but probably the coolest thing, and honestly, I completely, I, I have to admit, I, I did not do this intentionally. And it was Sean that actually pointed it out to me that it was genius. But I, I didn't do it intentionally. But I'll still take credit for it is that the chromatic egg you can play for five and then bees for three will pop that egg and get you four bees on board as well. Pretty cool. 
And um, one of the best combos, honestly, is Serpent Egg into Bees into Power of the Wild because that's seven mana and much more realistic. And then you've got four two twos and a four five. That's pretty good. And it's going to be tough for your opponent to deal with that. Um, Marsh Hydra, I've been excited about since Ashes of Outland released. I have not played with it once until this deck. It is awesome being able to play it on seven, kill something, and then have your next turn counted for because you've got an eight cost thing. I can't tell you how many Gromish Hellscreams I've gotten that I've crystal powered to get lethal off of. It's happened more than once. I'll, I'll say that at least. <laughs> and what else have I gotten off that? Batterhead is insane. Um, yeah, there's a lot of really good stuff that you can get off that. I remember he sent me, uh, Sean sent me a, a tavern uh, or an innkeeper. It's an eight mana four, four with taunt that gets plus two, plus two for every other minion that you have. That's pretty insane. Um, heroic innkeeper, I think. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of cool stuff you can get off it. This is a cool deck. And honestly, like I didn't have that. Bad. So I played 12 games from bronze 10 with it. And I had a 42% win rate, which means that I went up because you don't need a great win rate in order to go up when you're at um, at the beginning of the ladder. So that, that was fun. And honestly, I'm going to keep messing around with this deck because I think that there's more to it. So, um, so that's my weird ramp egg token deck. The next one I have not yet taken to the ladder. Haven't been brave enough yet, but I'm going to soon. The tough thing is now I'm in, uh, not diamond, I'm in platinum. I'm at like platinum one right now, so I'm right on the cusp. And now I'm getting to that point where it's like, oh man, I really should just sort of buckle down and like do the grind, make it to legend, and then I can play with weird decks all day. This one was inspired um, from Terran Gorefiend, which is uh, which is seeing some play in some weird decks right now. Um, three mana, three, four, battle cry, destroy all other friendly minions, death rattle, resummon them with plus one, plus one. Uh, we've seen this in egg warrior and not any other like great decks, but it just, it, it occurred to me like this is a really strong effect if you have the right board for it. And I wonder if there are some other decks that could take advantage of this. Enter my cool tempo priest. Here we go. Two embalming ritual. Two Imprisoned Homunculus, Reliquary of Souls, two Renew, two Grand Mummies, two Loot Hoarders, two Penance, two Serpent Eggs, two Sethic Veil Weavers, two Shadowy Figures, two Dragon Maw Overseer, Terran Gorefiend, two Wretched Reclaimers, a Cult Master, two Power Infusions, two Psychopomps, and High Inquisitor White Mane. Now I'll be honest, right up front, I miss Norshire Cleric as I'm looking at this list, because that would really take this to a different level. But I think there's something here. I was I can't remember what I was playing. It may have been that Druid deck. And I had a Tempo Priest that played an Imprisoned Homunculus into a Dragon Maw Overseer that uh, gave that Homunculus plus two, plus two at the end of the turn, which made it a 4-7 with Taunt on turn three. And I was playing a deck with zero removal, and so I just con- yeah that that actually was with the with the druid deck. So I just conceded, right? I, I can't get rid of that four seven, and it's only going to grow every turn. Now, granted, decks are playing stuff other than that. You got I Beam and Demon Hunter. You got Penance and Galakron Priest. Uh, you got all sorts of stuff. So, um, so so other decks aren't just going to be completely shut down. But it's a good combo. Um, the Terran Gorfiend, you can immediately hit it with wretched reclaimer 
And though the 3-4 that comes back is not going to have a death rattle, it immediately gets you the benefit of having a full board, right? The shadowy figure is also really interesting here because shadowy figure transforms into a 2-2 copy of a friendly death rattle minion. So if you've got a good board, you go face with it all, you tear in Gorefiend, and then you shadowy figure that Gorefiend, this is probably just a value dream in Christmas Town. Let's be real. But it's pretty awesome being able to get that. So um, so yeah, and, and there's some draw here with the Loot Hoarders, um, with Sethic Veilweaver and Renew and Power Infusion. The Psychopomps sort of give you some extra um, extra leverage. I mean, getting Reliquary of Souls with a, um, with uh, uh, what's it called? Uh, Reborn, pretty nice. Uh, and then getting the Power Infusion, just about anything is going to cre- create a behemoth out of nowhere. So, and I like High Inquisitor White Mane. I think it's a cool, unexpected way that you can just value trade into the board and then you're right back to where you were essentially. So I, I, I think there's more to that card. Um, just haven't found the right deck. Um, this is probably not a great deck, but it is a cool deck. And I love I loved the Tempo Priest that we saw come out of the Asia regions. So this is sort of my take on it. Um, I have no clue on this one but I'm excited to try it at some point soon. <laughs> and then I want to give a big shout out to Ike. He has been on on point coming out with some insane decks. I won't go through them card by card, but he came out with a Galakron Shaman deck uh, that has Totemic Reflection, Serpent Shrine Portal, Marsh Spawn. What else? A copy of Witch's Brew, Lurker Below, uh, Shattered Rumbler, Hagatha's Scheme. There's a lot of crazy stuff on here. If Galakrond uh, Shaman is going to be a thing again, this is the way to go. And then just today, as I'm recording this, he posted a Paladin deck that is just, it's absurd. Um, It focuses on a lot of weird synergies just with Librem of Wisdom, which is the two mana, give a minion, plus one, plus one, in Death Rattle, add a Librem of Wisdom spell to your hand. He's trying to discount them with Aldor Attendance, the one mana one. And then put them on everything. <laughs> put them on a prison sungills. Put them on serpent eggs. Put them on shot bots. He's even playing blistering rot, which is a three mana one two minion. At the end of your turn, summon a rot with stats equal to this minion's. He's got Terran Gorefiend in there. He's got Defenders of Argus, Defender of Argus's, to, to to stop things. And then he just added in recurring villain. Which, if you can't remember, five mana, three six death rattle. If this minion has four or more attack, resummon it. So you just put one Librum of Wisdom on it, and you're going to get a three six back, and you get that Librum back in your hand. So the dream is that you could keep going and have infinite villains. It's tougher than it sounds, but it's possible. And you got Lady Liadrin to give you all those Librums as well. It's it's insane. I I won the first game that I played on the ladder. Um, my opponent. Did nothing for two turns. Uh, like they passed. They were actively on there. I wasn't beating someone who wasn't playing. Because that's what you would think. Uh, <laughs> you'd win with this deck against. These are all weird decks, right? I For a long time, this show has been about um, has been about getting better on the ladder. Uh, meta reports and all that kind of stuff. And, and I'm not going to stop doing that. But I, I feel like right now, when things are really difficult in the world... And the meta, let's be honest, is getting pretty settled, uh, and there's not a lot of new stuff happening. This is a time to have fun and do something crazy and come up with a weird, 
wacky, absurd deck that honestly, it doesn't deserve to be played in any meta under any circumstances, right? Um, but it's fun to play weird decks. And honestly, I've had a blast playing Bad Idea Rogue and trying to figure it out with my buddy Rage and Alpha Walrus. Uh, I, I had a lot of fun coming up with this ramp token and it actually working. Um, I'm looking forward to this tempo deck dri- being, driving me into the ground because it's not, it's probably not going to work. It's fun. And I want to encourage you, if that's not your game, uh, if you haven't done that before, but it sounds interesting, go back, listen to that episode with Dexter, um, cue up some of these lists. Maybe they'll inspire you or just think about some weird card that you've always wanted to work, but just can't and start dreaming. What would make this work? Is there some combination or could I fit this into a shell that already exists that maybe isn't, isn't that crazy, even though it probably is. I want to encourage you have fun. All right. Um, I'm sure there's good stuff in the pipeline for Hearthstone. I, I have had a lot of fun. I'm so thankful for battlegrounds. Also, I actually just uh, breached into 7,500 MMR on there. And I'm still loving it. It's so much fun. Um, but uh, but I know that there's a lot of unrest and and just uh, we want to see some changes to stuff like Puzzle Box of Yogg-Saron, Lackeys, um, you know, free cards that we can generate, all that kind of stuff. And, and honestly, I agree with all of those things. But I would encourage you, like, if you like this game, if you want to like this game, find weird ways to have fun like this. Uh, because it's really not as hard as I think I always... Uh, envisioned it being and i think it was actually sean i if you're listening sean i hope you're okay with me sharing this and if you're not listening then that's totally fine too um but we were actually talking about this and he was the one that actually encouraged me and said um you know i feel better about like if i'm playing the best deck and i'm just losing it's infuriating to me because i know that i should be winning with the deck but if i'm losing with a homebrew deck it's like, whatever, it's a weird, bad deck. Like, I'm, I'm having fun with it, whatever, <laughs> you know? And it actually sort of purges the, the salt from you. And that was my experience too. So, um, so yeah, try it out. I, I, I'm actually gonna link all of these decks that I've gone over because I know it's not great listening to, um, to hear it, you know, card by card on there. Um, but I'm gonna have all of them on the website at thehappyhearthstone.com in, the, uh, in the show notes. So go over there. Click on the episode and check out uh, check out these deck lists. Find one that you like. Um, and uh, thank you, Ike, for blessing us all with weird, wacky decks. And um, thank you, uh, thank you to Sean for keeping me sane and helping me try out the weirdest, worst ideas. Um, I, I had a ton of fun making them. And, I, and who knows? I there's definitely more to make. That that much is for sure. <laughs> so. Uh, and I, I would really love to be able to try out some of your weird, crazy, wacky decks out there too. So please let me know. Uh, you can shoot me an email at thehappyhearthstone at gmail.com, or you can find me on Twitter at Andrew is living. And, uh, as I said before, you can go to thehappyhearthstone.com to check out, um, all of the stuff, uh, all of the show notes from this episode, from past episodes and even more. I have to send a big thank you to all of the patrons who have been supporting this show, even through this drought, and especially big thank yous to Menock, Jay Miller, and Number Theory for being producers of the show, even during a time when I haven't been coming out with weekly episodes. So thank you three so much. Uh, I, 
you know, before when I was making weekly episodes, I couldn't put it into words, but now even more so. Uh, your friendship, your support of the show really means a lot. I'm excited to figure out what the future of the show looks like with you. And uh, you three in particular, I'll be reaching out to to talk about some ideas and stuff that I have because I want your input on uh, what you see could be happening for this show for the future. So thank you, thank you, thank you. You know, I've given you all my contact info, so I feel like I would be delaying things if I if I really gave you that. But uh, as I'm closing out this show, I just want to tell you again how much it means to me uh, that you would come back and listen Uh, how much it means to me that you uh, gave me permission, whether you did so intentionally or not, to take some time when I really desperately needed it. My family is better because of it. Uh, My job is better. Uh, Livelihood is better. Thank you so much for all of that support. And uh, I'm looking forward to what's ahead and uh, looking forward to the episodes, to the new expansion, all that stuff. Uh, You know, our game is special. Our community is special. Um, and really, you're a part of it. So I'm truly thankful uh, for your support, your love, and uh, your presence in our world. So thank you so much for visiting the Happy Hearthstone and having a little fun with us. I'll see you next time.